as, our as I tell our people back home, that's where the amen goes. Yeah. Hallelujah. That's where it goes. There is no force. There is no challenge that will hinder these meetings. Amen. And as Pastor Trudy said just a moment ago, uh, uh, when we get a meeting that we're going to be uh, coming to, either, either attending or where Scott will be speaking, we, and when it goes on the calendar, we start the next prayer session. And we start covering that thing, every detail, every detail, every detail, down to luggage, good air flights, and just everything like that. So you know what? You can't cover things enough. Not in these days anyway. Because the enemy is trying his best to stop the word. He's trying to weaken the body of Christ. So we just push back. Amen. I love that scripture in Ephesians where it says, having done all, stand, stand therefore. And where it says the word withstand, I read an old timer many, many years ago. He, uh, I don't even recall his name. It was in a little devotional book. And uh, it was, uh, he was talking about that verse. And he said that word withstand literally means to push back. You know, you think I'm just going to stand still. No, there comes a time when you got to push back. And so we push back when the enemy comes to try to mess up a meeting or do something like that. We push back. We just see receive greater revelation from heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So thank you for receiving me tonight. Thank you for opening your hearts. Thank you for being here. It's an honor and it is a privilege to be here. Um, I know you were expecting my husband, but he'll be back. <laughs> but you know what? He and I work together. So uh, I, uh, you know, he did have something to come up and I said, well, honey, which way should I go? He said, Phyllis, do your oh yeah. <laughs> and so I'll show, tell you a little bit about that here in just a minute. But, um, you know, I was telling uh, your pastor before the service over in John chapter 16, where it says, in that day, you shall ask me nothing. You shall ask me nothing, but you shall ask my father in my name. And it'll be given unto you that your joy may be full. God wants us to be happy. God wants our prayers answered. And God, you know, this is a praying church. And I tell my prayers all the time, be happy. You've got every reason to be full of joy because God answers your prayers. And so what, what we get tickled, my husband gets tickled at me about, I just do an oh yeah dance. Every time I share that, I just say, oh yeah, I won't do it in front of you. He'll probably show you what I do, but uh, it works. It works big time. Amen. So I'm not ashamed of it. Hallelujah. Well, let's, let's go to the word of God and let me just share a few things with you that I know that you've probably heard before, but you can never get tired of it. You can never get tired of saturating yourself in the water of God's word. The other day, I was, uh, it was last Monday, as a matter of fact, my mother-in-law was having her 89th birthday. And so uh, we always have the family over to our home for birthdays and celebrate and bless each other, you know, not with just gifts, but we speak blessings over our family. And uh, even the kids, we have them say things of what their Gigi means to them and we just, we take it seriously, the blessing of the Lord, speaking it over our family. And so uh, it was her birthday. And so I wanted to do a few special things. And so I was looking for some ferns. And, you know, it's the season where we're at now to where it's sort of the end of the season to where there's not very many to purchase. 
And so I was in a store one day and I finally found, like, it was about five of them, small ones. And I thought, well, I'll just combine them all in one big pot to set on the table for her. And she's a real Southern lady. She's real dainty. <laughs> she doesn't like paper plates. She likes the little cups, you know, and all that. So we have to give her special attention. So uh, I was going to do her pretty table with uh, these ferns and make it really nice. And so, that, like I said, they were about this tall. The pot, well, the pot was about this big and the fern is about like this. So I got five of them and I was going to, like I said, make it big. Well, they were, they had been dry for so long and uh, they, they needed some water. And so the lady that used to work for us to keep all of our plants pretty at the church and then at our home and all that, she taught me a little secret for me anyway. She said, uh, you know, you take those pots and you buy, you get a big bucket of water and you just immerse it down in that water until it all gets wet. And so I thought, well, I'll do that because they need it. And I got those little pots and I'm kidding you not. It was, it was a struggle because I'd push them down. They were so dry that they'd just pop back up. And I had five of those things to do and I'd push it down and it would pop back up. And then I'd get it down a little bit. Then I'd walk off and do something else. I'd come back and it had just popped back up. And so I was sitting there doing that. It reminded me of your grasshopper story that you told me. I was sitting there uh, that afternoon doing that. And I thought, you know what? Sometimes you just have to make yourself, push yourself down in that water to get saturated and wet with the water of God's word and just let your root system just take in all that water. But, you know, it, you have to push down. You have to make yourself do it. And so uh, I... Uh, I just thought, as a matter of fact, I thought about it again yesterday when I saw you guys here from Reno. I just thought, Lord, they're just pushing themselves on down in that water and letting that water just wash over them. And so, uh, and that's what you all are doing this week. So your roots, they're going to get moisture, going to get wet, and you're going to be blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. You all sang this song last night. and. um it really blessed me. First Corinthians chapter one and verse 20. I'm sorry. Second Corinthians chapter one. I love this verse. Second Corinthians chapter one and verse 20. He says, for all the promises of God in him are yes. And, and in him, amen. Unto the glory of of God by Jesus, by us. That's where the amen goes. Amen. All of the promises of God are yes and amen. If we find a promise in God's word that, that, that we need, that we know that belongs to us, the answer to it is amen and yes. But we have to find it. We have to find it. We have to receive it, and then we have to say, that belongs to me. Amen? All right, with that being said, let's go to Matthew chapter 16, and I'm going to share something with you that we've been doing back at our church, and our church is seeing some wonderful things. Our people are being blessed. We are seeing better jobs. We're seeing increases. We're seeing deliverance. We're seeing freedom. We're seeing health and strength. But this is what we've been doing. We've been doing, and in first, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. 
When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that you are John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto him, But whom do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said unto him, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee also, I say, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I was reading this verse a while back, and how many, we've read it many, many times. I know all of you in here as well. But I was reading this verse. And I was, uh, we were going to church the next day. We, uh, this was a Saturday afternoon, just getting ready for the Sunday service. So I knew we would be having church. And you know, when people come to your church, you get used to where different ones are going to sit. You know, where this couple's going to sit. You know, where this one's going to be. You can always count on it. They just get, they just get so secure in their place. They don't want to get out of, uh, sitting in a different area. And so I was just sitting there, and I was just thinking about some of the people where all they would be sitting. And so uh, I uh, had read this verse, and it just stood out to me when Jesus said, Who do men say that I am? But then the Holy Spirit said, But Phyllis, who do you say I am? I will be to you who you say I am. I can look at this gentleman right here. Well, I'll come back to you. I can look at this gentleman over here. And one of we have uh, that sits at our church. There's a couple that sit right here. This guy, when he started coming to our church, he had nothing. Just uh, barely getting along. But he stayed committed, keeping his roots watered. He stayed connected with his pastor. He stayed serving in his church. He would do the same. Well, he's, he's still there. He does all that stuff. But he committed himself to his church. And this man is a multi, multi, multi-millionaire right now. But he didn't start there. So I could just see myself that Saturday afternoon going through some of the people in our church. And I would say, I could say that you are Tom's provider. You are Tom's source. My mother-in-law sits over here, about where you're sitting, and I was just looking at her, and I and I could say, "You are her healer." She was healed of cancer. Uh, she was given up in 1986. Of uh, she shouldn't have made it, but she's healed, strong today. It's never come back. I could look at her and say, "You know, Lord, you're Miss Peggy's healer." I could look at this one over here. You're God's. You're her provider. But the Holy Ghost just spoke to me, but Phyllis, who do you say I am? It's easy to say that you're Tom's provider. It's easy to say that you're Miss Peggy's healer. But I need to be saying that for myself. God is my provider. God is my healer. God is my. And you know, you have to make yourself say that, Tom. When there's symptoms going on in your body, you have to make yourself say, Jesus is my healer. 
But Jesus got Peter's attention. Peter, who do you say I am? We, we know what all these other people are saying, but who do you say that I am? It's important what we say he is to us. Jesus is my healer. Jesus is my wisdom. He's made into me wisdom. He is my provider. He is the one that supplies all my needs. He's the one that strengthens me. He's the one that gives me what I need in order to to make my marriage strong and to make my children what I believe God has for them. Jesus is that to me. But he says, who do you say that I am? It's easy. I keep saying it over and over. It is so easy for me to say that Jesus is your provider. But Jesus said, Peter, that's not enough. Who do you say I am to you? Who do you say? Who do you say? I say that he's the one that restores. He's my restorer. That's whom he is to be. But there's a key. There's a key. We find out about it here. And I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified. And it's in verse um, 19. He said, after he got Peter's attention, he said, Peter, who do you say I am? He said, I'm going to give you the keys. He's talking about here the kingdom of heaven. He said, and whatever you shall bind on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. But the Amplified says this, and I'm telling you, when we got a revelation of this, when we got hold of this, the power of God broke out in our church, and it still is to this day. But in the Amplified, I'm going to read it to you exactly like it says, whatsoever you shall bind, that you, t- that you shall declare to be improper and unlawful. Improper and unlawful. Sickness and disease in my body is improper. It is unlawful. Lack, zero numbers in my checkbook is improper because I'm a tither. It's unlawful. And I've been hammered into my church. It is a curse for you to have to live from paycheck to paycheck. It is improper and it is unlawful. Because you are tithers. And the promises of God are yes and amen where it says the devourer is rebuked and the windows of heaven are open over you when you're like that. When you're doers of that. My children stray and go off. That is unlawful in my household. It is improper. The minister and spirits that God has assigned for to for me to command to go ministering on behalf of my children, you send them forth because it is improper. It is unlawful for them to continue to stay in that state. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you, you're getting back home. Same thing with your business. Employees, strife breaks out, all that junk going on. No. No, this is improper and it's unlawful. And I bind that foul thing. And you must 
assist in your maneuvers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I want to tell you, especially you ladies, that's mostly what I speak to, but gentlemen too. I've had my husband doing the same thing, but uh, he's been in on this with me too. In your household, if there are things that aren't right, it's improper and it's unlawful, change it. Use it like a key. Put it in there and turn the promises of God because they're yes and amen. And then just say, oh yeah, that's where the amen goes and that's the way it's going to be. Hallelujah. And when I say, oh yeah, I dance. It's not very pretty, but I don't care. I do it anyway. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I started getting into this and uh, just really, I got so aggressive with it. Things going on with... You know, a church, you have kids in there, you have adults, you have mature, you have some that are spiritual babes and still learning and receiving. Their roots are not all the way grounded and taken hold, but you still have situations to deal with. And so uh, I got the the revelation of this, you know, we're just not going to put up with some of this stuff. And so uh, I uh, started getting pretty aggressive with it. Well... You know, with all this COVID stuff going on, I'm sure you know about that. But uh, we had bought a house. We bought a house in October of last year, and it was a uh, it was it's a beautiful home. But it, we wanted to change some things in it. It was it was dated, and uh, the kitchen floor was peach tile. The walls were peach. The half bath had a pink vanity and a pink toilet. And um, it just, um, it, yeah, it, it just, it didn't fit us. <laughs> but we loved the house. It just, it was a great place for our family. And just, anyway, we, we bought the house. So we uh, did some major, major uh, renovation in it. The kitchen, we pretty much just knocked out everything. The uh, cabinets were good cabinets. We had them painted, all that kind of stuff. But we took up the floor. We put down wood floors. Uh, we bought. We had to buy all new appliances. They were needing to be replaced. And so we bought some nice appliances. Well, we had to buy a refrigerator. We had to buy a stove. We bought a microwave. We bought a cooktop. We bought another stove. And anyway, so I'll forget everything. A dishwasher. And so with purchasing all that, we had some points. And so uh, we we got a free coffee pot, a nice coffee pot. We got a very nice uh, toaster, and we got a, a, a slow cooker. You know, it was a, you know, they call them crock pots. So we got one of those just because of the points. Well, they said they'll be mailed to you. They'll be shipped to you. So we said, that's fine. You know, we couldn't cook in the kitchen or do anything anyway because we were renovating it. Well, we got it all renovated, all done, and it was, uh, you know, we had got everything all set up and ready to go and start having the family over and doing things. Well, I didn't have a coffee pot. I didn't have a toaster. And uh, so uh, Scott called. He said, you know, it's been like six months, and uh, we haven't received anything. And uh, we were just wondering where it's at. Oh, it'll be there. It'll be there. We went on and on and on and on. So uh, finally they said, well, you know, we don't know how long it's going to take, to be honest with you, because of the COVID situation. Well, we knew not to get upset. Well, he told me that. He came in one afternoon and uh, from work, and he said, Phyllis, he said, I called him again today, and he said, um, 
that um, it, it may be eight more months before they get here, and the uh, coffee pot may be 12 months. And I looked at him, and I said, Scott Webb, this is improper, and it's unlawful. I said, I want my coffee pot, I want my toaster, and I want my uh, crock pot. We bought them, we purchased them, we did it right. It is unlawful for the enemy to withhold those things from me. And I just said, that's where the amen goes. Well, we went to bed that, no, we were getting ready to go to bed that night. And Scott went over into the, to the front door and he uh, was going to turn the front porch light off. And he noticed a box out there. One box. And so uh, he went out there and got it and picked it up, brought it into the kitchen, put it on the uh, island, set it there. He opened it up. It was my coffee pot. But you know what? That thing would have just stayed out there wherever. But when I got aggressive on the promises of God or yes and amen, it showed up at my door the day that he called. Well, I looked at him. I danced. I danced in my kitchen and I said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. The promises of God are yes and amen. And I said, now, Scott, I said, I want my toaster and I want my crock pot. I said, I am not coveting somebody else's things. They don't, you know, I'm not trying to steal anything. We did it right. And I said, I want it. I kid you not. The next day, that afternoon, there was a knock on the door. My dog barked. We went to the door and there were my other things. I'm telling you, it works. All of the promises of God are yes and amen. You just got to push back <laughs> and say, Satan, you're not keeping my stuff. You're not keeping my stuff. I bought it and I paid for it. It's mine. It belongs to me. And that's what I'm going to have. Healing's the same way. God purchased the right way for my healing. And it is so improper, it is so unlawful for me to have sickness and disease in my body. Because all of the promises of God in yes and amen. Hallelujah. It works. It works. But you just got to be like I had to do that plan. You just got to keep pushing yourself down to saturate yourself in the word of God and just let that word be planted deep within you and speak and rise up out of you and you'll have it. You'll have it. You know, there used to be a season in my life and I was thinking about it just because of something Pastor Trudy said the other day when we were with them. I, uh, <laughs> when, um, Quite a few years ago when, um, I don't know, I just went through a season of counseling women. You know, they were just problems with homes and husbands and children and stuff. You know, it seems like it comes in waves, doesn't it, Pastor Trudy? You're praying one month for healing and you're praying one month for children. It, it, I don't know. It's just the enemy seems to just bring things in seasons. And it seems like now we're just dealing with fear. But, um, 
anyway, there I just went through a season there. This is quite a few years ago to where I uh, um, I was having so many women come, just marriage situations and just things not right at home. And so I went to the Lord about it and I said, Lord, you know, there's this corporate anointing. Uh, we have the prayer groups. We, we had a prayer group at that time that prayed just for marriages in the homes. And I said, uh, you know, I, I just I just need a little help here because it was just taking a lot of time. And uh, so I, I just sought the Lord about it. And so he said, Phyllis, he said, take them up to the prayer room and let them do their own praying. And I thought, oh, how is that going to go across, <laughs> come across? And so they started coming in and uh, I started doing that. And I said, OK, I would receive a counseling appointment and they would come to my office and they'd come in and I say, OK, let's go on up to the prayer room. So we'd go up there and, you know, they wanted they wanted me to listen to them. Tell all of the stuff, all the stuff. One lady came in one time and she said uh, I had a counseling appointment with her. She came in and she handed me this piece of paper. And I said, no, no, I'm not reading that because I knew what she had done. She had written down all the negative things that was going on between she and her husband. And I said, what you've done, if you've written that on the table of your heart, you write it down and it's just written there. And so I said, let's go up to the prayer room. And so we went up there and I said, we're not going to read that. We're going to read this. We're going to read the promises of God. Because that's where the answer's in. The answer is in the Word of God. And we have got to get the Word of God in you. And so we would kneel and we would pray. And I just begin to see answers after answers, answers after answers. That's where our answer is, is in the Word of God. But we have to recognize with our eyes and with the eyes of our spirit, that things are, some of these things are just improper. And it's improper for us to let it continue to linger on. Sometimes we just let it go on too long. And, but when we recognize it, when we see it with our natural eyes, but when we see it in here, we should always go to the place to where we get with the Lord. Anyway, you, you know all that, to where he always tells us what to do. Amen? So it just it goes back to what I said just a moment ago, is God will be to you who you say he is. Hallelujah. I was uh, with, uh, I went out to be with Miss Pat Harrison during that time that she, uh, with her family, with her daughter situation, that I just went out there to be with her. And so uh, we were with her. And uh, one afternoon, I, uh, we went to, to Rama. And so um, as we were there, we pulled up in, onto the campus. And I just began to look out over that campus and I saw where Scott and I used to live when we went to school there in the early 80s. All of these things began to just come back to me. This day, you know, remember this day, Phyllis. Remember all this. And so just in being there with her the past few weeks, I, uh, you know, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. What's changed is me, is when I quit being so aggressive and so determined, so bulldog about the promises of God. God hasn't changed. I mean, we believed God for food. You know, we were just starting out in God. 
We believed him for just the food on our table. But uh, God hasn't changed. He's the God that doesn't change. I'm the one that continues to change. Of course, some ways to the better, but then sometimes, you know, you just get tired and you just get dry like that plant, you know, and you have to make yourself just know you saturate yourself in the word of God. You be in those meetings. I love what Pastor Trudy said yesterday, I believe, about, you know, we're responsible for some meetings that we're supposed to be in because there's there's answers there for us. And so uh, anyway, I uh, was looking at all that stuff, being out there with her. And just in my heart, I just thought, you know, Lord, you haven't changed. You haven't changed. That childlike faith is still available for us if we'll just use it, if we'll just be doers of it and just be aggressive with it and get in the promises of God. I know uh, I, uh, I'm going to share this testimony with you and uh, a couple of testimonies with you just to show you how God will grow you and develop you. And I know all of you in here probably are mature Christians, maybe some that are still growing and developing. But God, God is always faithful. He always comes through. We just are the ones that don't have to, we the ones that will back up and just let the enemy come on and push us even further. But we're the ones that should remain strong and in strength. And it takes, it takes discipline, but we can do it. But I remember this came back to me and, um, when I was out there with her and I have since the day we were, at, we were in Rama and, um, 8182. And, uh, we were in school out there. Well, we were, like I said, we believe God for just everything. And I, uh, we lived in student housing and, you know, there were things out there that you had to do. <laughs> you had to abide by their rules and you couldn't, you could not do certain things living in the student housing. And one of them was that you had to, uh, uh, when it came for your garbage, you could not put your garbage in the dumpster unless it was in a garbage bag. You couldn't use a Walmart bag. You know how we use a little Walmart bag sometime and put it in a garbage can or something and, and tie it and take it to the dumpster. You couldn't do that. You couldn't put it in a paper sack. Uh, it had to be in a garbage bag. Well, I had no money to go buy garbage bags. But I had the promises of God. And I knew that they were yes and amen. And I knew that lack was under the curse. And I knew that when your needs are not met, that something is amiss because there is a promise that says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. And that's a garbage bag. So Scott was getting ready to go to work that morning. And I said, honey, I said, will you uh, agree with me? We went to Matthew 18, 18 and 19. And uh, if you read that in the Amplified, it says the same thing uh, about agreeing and binding and loosening and all that, that. If there's things that are improper and unlawful, if you know, take care of it. So uh, I said, well, honey, will you agree with me before you leave for work this morning? I need a garbage bag. My garbage bag is full. And I had it in a, uh, a Walmart bag, you know, in the kitchen. I said, I need a garbage bag. And I said, I need to take this to the dumpster. It's full. And I said, we don't have the money to go and buy any. 
And I said, will you agree with me for a garbage bag? So we grabbed hands and we prayed that verse, Matthew 18 and 19. And so I said, Father, I'm asking you for a garbage bag. And so we agreed, looked at each other, said it's done. Because that was in those days when faith was just alive on the inside of us. I mean, we were drinking the water of God's word day in and day night. I mean, you couldn't get, you couldn't come in our house without seeing brother hanging all over our uh, tables and nightstands and coffee tables. If you stayed there long enough, you would hear him on a CD or a cassette tape back then in our bedrooms and all that. But it was just going in day in and day out. You weren't afraid to ask for a garbage bag. You weren't afraid to when you started sniffling to thank God for healing. You just you just had that faith. And so uh, he left for work. And I uh, had uh, the kids. My kids were young, little. I think they were young kids. And so uh, they were outside playing. And so I just thought, I'm going to vacuum the bathroom. And so uh, I uh, started vacuuming the bathroom. And I looked out, and on my little patio, I kid you not, there was a brand new garbage bag. And I keep this in my Bible. From that day to this, blew up on the back of my little, little just a small little patio area out of our uh, apartment. This is exactly, it blew up, had never been used. It just, you know, because it's real windy out there. And it blew up on the back of our patio. And you would have thought God had given me a new car. <laughs> I was as happy receiving a garbage bag as I was if you pulled up and gave me a new car. Because I was learning. I was growing. And I was seeing God do great things in my life. But that's not all. I took the garbage bag and then I started, I finished cleaning. And then I had a knock at the door and it was the UPS guy. And uh, he had this big box, really big box, bigger than that little, that speaker. So he set it down and I opened it and enclosed in another one of these big garbage bags was clothes that my sister had sent for my son and daughter. Double. It gets better. I have a note. I, this is me. I keep things to remind me of the goodness of God. I have a note in my Bible. The lady that I mentioned a while ago that um, used to work with us to do all of our plants and stuff, she, uh, we were having a big event out at our house, a, a children's event. And uh, we needed like hundreds of garbage bags, you know, to put in those great old big things. And so uh, we couldn't find what we wanted and we couldn't find the price that we wanted. And so uh, she said, I'm just going to call around and check prices to see what I can find. So she started to call around some of these places in Birmingham. And she said, uh, she talked to one guy, and she said, uh, tell him what we needed. And he said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, I've got a box of 500 that I'm just going to send to you. 
free of charge, and that you just try them and to see if they work. These big old things. So she put a note in my Bible. She said, Phyllis, the last time you needed garbage bags, God sent you two. This time he sent you 500. You can do it again. <laughs> so I can do it again, and you can do it again. But it starts with who do you say he is? 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 Is he your provider? Oh, yeah, he is. Is he your healer? Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he is. Is he my deliverer from death? Oh, yeah, he is. I started with garbage bags. And I don't know if Scott's ever told you this story here. This is a testimony, but I know I haven't. But um, we had our outreach department. We um, had uh, a lady, been with us for a long time. She uh, would go to the girls' home, uh, you know, troubled girls' home. And she went every week, faithful, just faithful, committed lady. Uh, her name was Maxine Hall. Her name still is Maxine Hall. <laughs> but anyway, uh, she's moved to South Carolina. She's with Delta. No, she retired from American Airlines. But anyway, she has got up to minister to them and uh, to the young girls, and she just fell over, just collapsed. And so they got a hold of her, you know, couldn't arouse her. And so they took her to the hospital. And so on the way to the hospital, our, our outreach director called me and said, um, Phyllis, she told me, she said, Maxine has fallen and she's not responding and all this kind of stuff. And she said, uh, what do you want us to do? And I said, well, I'll, I'll meet you at the hospital. So I went to the hospital and uh, we got there. And when I got there, uh, she was gone. Uh, you know, they said, you know, they've called the family and she's gone. And so uh, I said, well, let's go back to where they have her. And so I opened the doors, was headed back there, and the nurse came up. She put her arm around me. And she said, I'm so sorry. And I said, well, can we go to where she is? And so she said, sure. Well, they had all, you know, taken all the tubes out of her, and they had just had her prepared just to where the family could see her, you know, where they're laying there and just the cloth up to here where you could just see her face. And so we went back there. And uh, the outreach director at that time, he and his wife were with me. And so we went there, and she was in the bed, and, you know, she was gone, moved on. And so uh, I turned to the lady beside me, and I looked at her, and I said, no. No, that's all I said. I said, no. And she just looked at me, and I said, no, no. This is improper. This is unlawful. No. And uh, so uh, I stood at the foot of her bed and I said, Maxine, open your eyes and look at me. I said, Maxine, in the name of Jesus, open your eyes and look at me. Her eyes popped open and she looked at me. Well, it excited us, you know, we're like, oh, okay. And so then I walked around to the side of her bed, 
And I got up in her face and I said, Maxine, say Jesus. She said, Jesus. I said, Maxine, say it again. Say Jesus. She said, Jesus. I told Frances, the, my, the lady that works with me, with me, I said, go get the nurse. So she went running up there to get the nurse. The nurse came back there. She was so aggravated with us. She was just like, what do you want? I said, well, she just spoke. She said, no. I said, yeah, she just said Jesus. She said, no. And so, I mean, what do you do? And I said, ma'am, she did. She said, Jesus. So, so she got this pen, this light. I don't know what it is. She said, okay, let me look. So she started looking in her eyes. And she jumped and she said, hold it here. Just a minute, just a minute. And so she ran and got somebody. Anyway, long story short, that woman is still alive, never had any more problems, and all is well. But because it was because of whom I said how this thing was going to go. Thank God for your pastors. <laughs> Thank God for pastors that will do that, you know? And that's why it's so important to get your roots down in a church. You know, we talk about so much about how we it's so important to be in our closets of prayer with just, you know, me and God. That is so important. Of course it is. But I tell you what, it is just important, all of this. It is just important, that corporate time of being together because it strengthens you it strengthens you it strengthens the whole body amen so if i can say anything to you today that i hope would bless you is stay committed stay washing yourself keeping yourself moist in the word of god and you've got a great church the Lord told me, well, I told, I, I went before the Lord one time and, uh, you know, there just was a season there to where uh, people were talking about big churches. You remember that? Big churches. I'm going to go to this conference for this, to have this kind of big church. I'm going to do this and do that. And I told Scott one day, I said, Scott, I don't want a big church. I want a great church. And so I, I went into the word. I got into the word of God. And do you know there's not one time in there where it talks about he's a big God. It says he's a great God. Big has to do with numbers. Great has to do with just awesome. God is a great God. And he's a great God to you. He's a great God to this church. He's a great God to me. That's who I say is. He's not a big God. He's a great God. He's great in power. He's great in goodness. He's great in mercy. He's great in deliverance. He's great in overcoming death. He's great in providing you with whatever you need. If it's a garbage bag, if it's food, whatever. God is great. God is your provider. Not a man. God is our provider. He uses men, of course. But when you first get the, when you finally get the revelation of God as your provider, he will start doing wonderful things in your life. Hallelujah. So if I can leave you with anything tonight is just who do you say he is?
you know he's your pastor's provider. You know he's your pastor's healer. You know that. You'd fight somebody to tell them that because you know that. But it's for me. It's for me. It's for me. God is my restorer. My husband and I have such a great testimony of restoration, but it was because, Father, who you, this is who I say you are. You are my restorer. And he has done exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think. But it's because I got a revelation of all the promises of God are yes and amen. And if I see things that are improper and unlawful, they will be no more. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My my husband even has that ringtone on his phone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.